0: Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan.
1: And I'm Kevin Henry.
0: Welcome to Chew On This.
1: We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew
0: on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us.
1: And now let's give you something to chew on.
0: Hi, everyone. I wanted to give you an update on a story that we cover in this podcast. At the time of the recording, the CDA was still in negotiations and talking to Delta Dental about the specialist rates. So you'll hear our discussion about that, and you'll hear our thoughts behind how Delta is handling the specialist problem. So we're not going to cut that out, but I did want to give you an update that as of Four hours after our recording, Delta Dental decided to indefinitely postpone scheduled fee cuts for the specialists that we were talking about. There's a link in the show notes for that story, but I didn't want you to think that we were bringing you terribly outdated information. On to the show. Hello, everyone. We are back for another episode of Chew on This, my buddy K-Dog. What's up?
1: Teresa Duncan, I am happy. It's all good. I get to talk to you and our amazing listeners. Oh, my.
0: The weather's getting good. It is just nice out there. And I know baseball has started for you. So you are like cloud nine, right?
1: Happy boy. I'm telling you, baseball (laughs) has come so far. It's been gorgeous weather here in Colorado. Uh, You know, there will be a snow game, I know, at some point this April. But uh, for now, we're just enjoying some sunshine.
0: You would think that that would not be an issue, but...
1: You would think.
0: So you have a pretty interesting story. You want to go ahead and lay it off?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think that this time of year, spring, it's all about rebirth. If uh, you are the person who celebrates Easter, it's all about the resurrection and, and things like that. And so whenever I saw this story come across, I was like, what perfect timing could it be? Because uh, I want to send a shout out to Chicago Lake Family Dental which is on Chicago Avenue in South Minneapolis. Now, why we're sending that out is that they have finally reopened after their uh, facility was destroyed last year during the civil unrest following uh, the death of George Floyd. Teresa, you and I have talked on previous podcasts about the urban dental practices and what COVID has done for them. And we also touched on what some of the protests and riots and things like that have done for dental practices as well. Uh, But this uh, dental clinic, uh, which it says in this uh, uh, article that we're going to link, it's a minority-owned dental clinic, and it said it suffered over a million dollars in damage during the riots. What? That's what it says. A million dollars? A million dollars. But as of this week, it has finally reopened. So kudos, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, but Dr. Bar-Barawee, this sentence just killed me. That's in the story. It says, you know, and Dr. Barbara, Wee says, you know, it was very tough. He spent years trying to build it. And then all of a sudden it's destroyed. It's gone. And he said that the the rioters smashed the windows, set fires and stole equipment from the office, Uh -uh. you know, and we always talk about those safe servers and everything else. And my mind, of course, went there as well. But but all that aside, you know, it's good to see that they put the work back into reopening it. So kudos to them for that.
0: You know, the unfortunate part is that when something's stolen from a dental clinic in regular times, a lot of times if there's a serial number attached, they can just go like right onto eBay because it's going to be resold. Yeah. I don't know if there's a local pawn shop for dental stuff, but In regular times, it's easy to track down those, not easy, but easier to track down those big things like the sensors and hard drives and all that. But in a case like this, where it was just basically, you know, the civil unrest, I have to think that the stuff was stolen and then not much was done with it. Because that's what we saw with a lot of the shops, like people were going and grabbing stuff and then they probably got home and were like, what the heck is this? Now what? I mean, when you grab a bunch of like spatulas and impregum, what are you going to do with it? When you get home, you're going to toss it, which is really, that's really a shame. A million dollars.
1: Yeah, that, that was the number I kept hitting on as well. And, you know, and, and we talk about how that society has changed since COVID. And, you know, again, on previous podcasts, we've talked about how that the urban corridor has changed as well with people not going to work and everything else. But I will say for a very small sample size, uh, you know, whenever I went back to downtown Denver this weekend uh, for the opening day series against the Dodgers at Coors Field, they had cleaned up. It was like a different environment. Uh, you know, they had cleaned up a lot of the, the homeless uh, that were around. They had a lot of the trash and dirt and things. It, you know, it just had this gross feel to it. Whenever, whenever I went down there in September and October, uh, it was completely different. It was welcoming. There were people walking around. There were restaurants that were back open. Uh, you know, so it, it just had a a different feel to it. And it was good to see at least that revitalization happening, uh, at least in downtown Denver.
0: Well, I have to think that in a lot of these cities, they held off on on fixing a lot of things. Stores had to reopen, that's individual thing. But you, th- you would think the cities are like, when's it going to pop off again? I mean, at least through the summer, because that seems to be when the weather turns a little colder, it's a little harder <laughs> to protest because right. it's freaking cold. I wonder if that factored into it. They just kind of let it go a little bit. First of all, when you said they're the Chicago dental office and the address is Chicago, but they're in Minneapolis, I'm like, what? What an identity crisis! (laughs) (laughs) Like, do you think they thought, oh, we should rebrand or something? Like, (laughs) you know, it's probably a labor of love for this doctor. Maybe we should just go with Doctor B. So, congratulations to them. The rebuilding, oh my gosh, what a pain in the butt! I mean, honestly probably had to scrap the whole thing, gut it, and start from scratch, it sounds like
1: I'll be curious to to learn more about this as they reopen. It would have been real easy just to walk away and say, ah, I'm good. You know, take your losses, take your insurance money, whatever it might be. But, you know, there's a passion there, obviously, to not only have dentistry, but also probably serve that local community. And and again, kudos to them for that.
0: He was able to get actually an insurance payout then, in contrast to some of the other cases that we've heard about where there haven't been any insurance cases. This guy can definitely prove business interruption. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And let's throw this one out there, because I know that this will be a little bit near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. The doctor said later in this article, in South Minneapolis, there are very few offices that accept Medicaid. So our office is very crucial to them.
0: Ah, uh, Good.
1: He knows his community and he knows that there's a there's a need there. So again, kudos.
0: It is a thing. I did a webinar for the Arizona Alliance, which is a federally qualified health center. And they were telling me that the use of teledentistry has exploded with their clinics, because there's so much less of kids getting out of the house and going around because of all of the shutdowns. So they've actually been able to treat or at least triage a lot during teledentistry. And honestly, I had thought about (laughs) silly, but I always was thinking about adults not being able to get in. And of course, kids are there, but it just never dawned on me. And then, of course, my heart goes, oh, my gosh, these poor kids. You know, it just takes a little bit of sugar to get through those little teeth. And they're in pains. So that was good to know that they're doing that. And I want to tell our listeners about two different podcast episodes on Nobody Told Me that the first is Brett Wells. Remember, Dr. Brett Wells, North Carolina, he had his office hit not once, but twice because of the, the riots, first, George Floyd, and then the second, Jacob Blake. And then it wasn't as bad, obviously, as this one. But he he shared his story. And then the second one, this is new to you, Kevin. I entered. I interviewed Dr. Suzanne Ebert from the ADA Practice Transitions, and that's out. And what we talked about is the fact that in the urban areas, the doctors are not getting their practice worth, like not even close. Wow. She talked about how it's been really hard to watch because these offices. A lot of them are very expensive. They're in cities. It's expensive to be there. You have to be a little bit even more she in a lot of places because you're dealing with a real, you know, white collar community, all these people that work around you. And so you spend buku bucks on your practice and you don't get it because the people have left. So that was a very interesting aspect of the conversation.
1: That, re- that really is. And yeah, times have changed. It's crazy.
0: You know... There's an office building in San Francisco. I don't know if you knew this, but it's like super big, but it's a huge medical center. And there's like over 50 dentists in it. Wow. And there's like even more physicians. So I wonder if that bu- building now half empty, is that building, like what kind of restrictions do you have It's a super, super busy building. I know in the dental offices that I've gone to visit locally, like you can only have two people in the elevator at a time, mm-hmm. like that's not going to fly. I'm sure there's lines of people waiting to get on the elevator. You know, it's kind of crazy. That's
1: really a good thought.
0: Everything is changing here. And she also shared, I'm just going to, I'm totally going to talk about my interview and give it all away (laughs) so they won't even listen. One of the other things she talked about, you'll find this interesting because you grew up in in hometown America. She was saying that in some of the smaller towns, the banks and the Chamber of Commerce are so they want these dentists in there so badly that some of the loans are next to zero hmm. and they also get incentives to come and build in the areas she knows of a few doctors where they paid off their student loans within 2 years and they have a nice idyllic american life in you know a small town it's an option but i'm thinking 0% on my student loan hell yeah
1: absolutely you know and and if you can stand you know to be Not in Vegas or not in San Francisco. You know, I mean, there's so many great opportunities out there. If you can say, here's the life I'm going to build out. And you and I both know there are parts of the country that that get overlooked often, but you can have a great life for so inexpensive.
0: And then the urban crawl comes in because my hometown of Hickory, North Carolina, used to be one of those small little towns. And now it's got the traffic and it's got the traffic jams that come with it it's a little bit of a different atmosphere. Your area of Tulsa, is it like that now too?
1: It is. I mean, it's still moving west is not as much in Tulsa, at least as moving east and south is. I mean, it's it's expanded just, you know, obviously since since I grew up, it's crazy.
0: So for these doctors that are looking to maybe move into the area, maybe they're fleeing the urban areas and thank God for Dr. B who's staying and reopening. Mm-hmm a lot of doctors that are leaving, I'm wondering now if the big competition is now going to be moving to the rural and really suburban areas. And that means, gosh, your marketing's really got to pick up because you've got a bigger area to hit. So you've got a wider radius, like diameter, my goodness, my math, wider (laughs) diameter to... (laughs) Mr. McCool would be very angry at me. (laughs) a wider diameter that you need to target for marketing. And I was having a conversation with, I think it was Rita Zamora, our friend Rita. And she was saying that she was talking to somebody else and postcards are back. She's hearing that postcards are back. And then I heard that from somebody else too, that postcards are really effective nowadays, as opposed to all the other marketing. I mean, have you heard that?
1: Oh, I've seen it in my local mailbox. I can tell you that. I mean, seriously, the number of Free X-rays and twenty nine dollar cleanings and everything else that I've been getting lately—it's definitely picked up. And it's ironic you said that because Dane and I were just talking the other day that wow, people must be really uh, knowing that. I mean, we are in a very growing town here in Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. Man, the amount of dental postcards that we get—it's—it's it's been nuts lately. Honestly,
0: are they appealing? Like, if you didn't have a dentist, is it appealing to go to one that offers a new patient special like that?
1: It's hard for me to say because. Obviously, we have so much dental industry knowledge there, you know. Yeah, that's
0: true. a little tainted.
1: But I'm sure in this day and age with the economy and and everybody, everything else, I'm sure free always doesn't hurt. You know, but then I always ask those dental practices, what do you do to keep that person after that $29 cleaning or free x-rays or whatever it might be?
0: Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of... Lots of shifting going on, and so maybe you and I aren't flying into big cities anymore. Maybe you and I are flying into suburban cities and doing smaller, you know, events and stuff. Because you know, if you move out of the big city, why are you going back into the big city if it's more expensive to host events and stuff?
1: And yeah, and the one thing that I found, and you know, you and I were talking about this before we went on the air, our 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 mutual friend Tom Viola, you know, is doing a, a seminar in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is a About an hour and 15 north of Denver. It's a college town. Colorado State is there.
0: You're like Loveland in that area? Yeah,
1: it is. You're right. But that's the thing is that Fort Collins, there's like several decent sized towns around it. So now I wonder, you know, does a Fort Collins or a Loveland or a Longmont draw those other towns that maybe wouldn't go into Denver, and so you, you're right. It's not the urban area that you think about, but maybe there's these other smaller hubs that are out there that still draw in from the, that area.
0: Yeah, because when you said that he was going to Fort Collins, I was like, "Well, that's not a CE hub. Like, what's going on there? Right. You know, why wouldn't you do Denver? You know, actually, now that I think about it, and you're kind of in the same same situation." I'm outside of DC. It probably takes me without traffic 20 minutes to drive down 66. But with traffic it's a whole different story. So whenever there's CE in DC, last time I went has to be, oh my gosh, the last time you were there, you were at the DC Dental Society. Mm -hmm. We were talking to my friend Dan, remember that? That was like, what, 12 years ago, 10 years ago?
1: Seriously, yeah.
0: So really, I don't go to to CE in DC because it is a it's a pain in the butt. So if I could drive out to Gainesville, which I know is a nicer area, it's less traffic and they have huge areas to have speeches in. Yeah, the shift is the shift is here, I think.
1: Cuz other than the Rockies, I don't really go into downtown Denver. There's, there's nothing to draw me in there. Well,
0: but... Rocky Mountain. Oh, yeah. yeah. going for that, obviously.
1: Well, of course, that.
0: Of course, of course.
1: I mean, I was meaning like on a regular basis, there there yeah. wasn't anything to draw me there. Basically, everything I need in these smaller slash bigger towns that are around me. I'd rather go 20 minutes north of Fort Collins, you know, than I would down to Denver to do something. That just may be a mind shift that you and I are experiencing. Maybe our listeners are going, you all are crazy.
0: That's probably happening anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I also want to say, um, thank God for timing, Kevin, because you were a week apart from the terrible shooting in Kroger.
1: Yeah.
0: Listeners, when I heard the news that this was going on, I texted immediately Kevin and Rita because they're in that area. And Rita, thankfully, had not, she doesn't shop at that Kroger's, but or, was it Kroger's or King, yeah, King Supers?
1: Yeah, Sorry, Super, King Supers. Sure.
0: No. And Kevin, you do.
1: I do I you know i I run over to Boulder, you know, like I was just saying there's there's things I can do here in Northern Colorado that I don't need to do in Denver, so I ran over to Boulder, one of our favorite wine shops is over there, and so I ran over to uh pick up a bottle of wine that I know Dana really likes, and this King Supers was not that far away from that, and again, it was a week before, you know, but mm-hmm. still, you don't think anything about it, you pop in you you get your groceries and you leave, but there's are several King Supers just here in our town of Longmont, which is about 20, 25 minutes away from where all this happened. You know, you walk in and, and I think I posted up, I, you know, I ended up getting my vaccinations there at the King, our local King Supers, but you had to walk past this little memorial, for lack of a better term, to the 10 people who lost their lives over there. And it just, it hits you just how every day, you know, the, these people were doing their everyday thing. And obviously you can't protect everybody all the time, but yeah, it's, it's still been something. And I know, you know, our friends, the Ultramats and, and uh, yeah. you know, you know, a lot of folks have closer ties to Boulder maybe than I do, but still it's something that shook, shook all of us here in Colorado because after yeah. Columbine, after the Aurora movie theater shooting, there's just been too much of this in our, our state. There has been. You
0: guys actually are ranked, I think, number one for shootings, <sighs> uh, mass shootings. And that changed. I think this one, I hate to say it, but this one pushed you, I think, go to the top. There's something going on out there. And hopefully there can be some change or, I mean, just overall nationwide too. But I think I read that the person, one of the people was in line to get a vaccination too. So when you texted back, oh, I was there last week. I was like, my heart just stopped. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I mean that's terrifying. Really scary.
1: It is, and you know, and and I think back to all the things that unfortunately Colorado is known for when it goes to the shootings, and it's a grocery store, it's a movie theater, it's a school. You know, I mean, it's things that we shouldn't have to worry about, and and sure. and I don't. I don't walk in and you know check all the exits and everything. I know I have friends that do, but I, I'm not that person.
0: You also had John Binet. We did. I have to admit, I spent an, a ridiculous amount of time when that came out watching that trial or not the trial, but watching the investigation. And have you ever heard Dr. Henry Lee speak? No, he's a very famous forensic dentist. He's worked on the OJ case. He worked on the JonBenet case. He does a lot of cases using dentistry too. And he lectures around the country and He lectured at a couple of different dental places and I was able to catch him and then he came to a different place and I actually drove to go see him. He has very interesting testimony about all of these cases and it's just, yeah, that's that's a crazy case. So yeah, your state is uh, definitely worth visiting, but maybe keep your head on a swivel.
1: Yeah. (laughs) For now. (laughs) For now, at least. But don't forget, Boulder's also where Mork and Mindy was filmed. So for those of you old enough oh, to remember, my you know, you can go to the Mork and Mindy house if you really, if you need that little, little boost there, catch that oh, Robin Williams vibe. Anyway.
0: Wow. That, can you imagine a big egg just flying into the face? It's crazy.
1: Google Mork <laughs> and Mindy for those of you who are young. <laughs> so,
0: Or actually maybe not, maybe because <laughs> then you'll see like what we were up to and you're going to really roll your eyes at us. So. Yeah, we used to say a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Remember when Alf was out? We even oh, had Alf. Oh,
1: God, yes.
0: Alf was, yeah, Alf was a little crazy, too. So, okay, I need to get back into, <laughs> into chew on this mode. And we're going to keep up with Dr. B. I think we should yeah, keep up on that story and bring updates and, and see what's going on with that. We'll post a link in the show notes to yeah. everything that we talked about. So, Kevin, there is a war against specialists. Did you know this?
1: I did not, but I'd love to know more
0: it's heating up from two sides. Okay. So first let's talk about the big one, which is the CDA California Dental Association is keeping track of this. But basically last year, Delta Dental California announced that they were going to reduce the specialist fee schedule. So and not general dentists. So I remember when this happened, there was a lot of like, people were really like, Oh my gosh, my fee schedule, but it was really only the specialists. Still, though, you have to take a look at this stuff when it happens. And so I'll read you some of the press release that the CDA put out. And it says here, my goodness, Delta Dental's proposed reductions to maximum allowable fee schedules are ranging from 13 percent to 25 percent or more. I don't know about you, but a 13% or 25% in my revenue in my speaking fee is really, I would be very angry. That's an issue.
1: That is an issue. No (laughs) question. Yes.
0: (laughs) So it would affect about 2,200 specialists in California. It was scheduled to go into effect last July, but of course, lots of stuff happened last year. So now it's scheduled to take effect July 1st of this year. If you left... Delta Dental, then of course, this isn't going to you know apply to you, but they need to start with that now, if that's the case, because it takes a little while um, to do that. So let me just hear, as part of the 2018 class action settlement that Delta had with CDA, and that was about not giving them notice about fee reductions. And that was everybody, not just specialists. Delta agreed to provide premier providers with 120 days notice. And then also an actual illustration of how the reductions potentially affect each dentist's practice based on the dentist's prior 12 months claim submissions. Kevin, just so I can clarify, because you know, if you don't work in insurance, you're kind of like what you're talking about. Right. You got a letter, and this happened in Virginia too. So I've seen it in a couple different states. You got a letter, basically it looked at your revenue from last year with Delta as a premier provider. And they told you how much you earned, And then with this reduction, what it would cost you with the reduction, which is I'm sure not something Delta wanted to send out because <laughs> those are pretty big numbers, right? Right. So they sent them out and that was meant to give dentists a chance to evaluate their practices and decide whether or not they were going to uh, stay on. Shout out to CDA. I have to say CDA is on top of so much. Their website, if you're a member dentist, and I think ADA members have access to certain parts of the site. They have such a robust department for insurance. So there's lots of questions and even just practice management in general. It's one of my resources for sure. So I will link to an article that they put out, but then also they put together a checklist to assist members with understanding the change to the practice. And the checklist is pretty interesting because it goes over how many operatories and what's it going to look like if you have this happen as far as the reduction. It's available all online and it's great. It has you do a whole bunch of steps, which which usually people like myself, we do this on a regular basis, but they're giving you the more just quick hit list of it. So what's interesting, Kevin, is that in February, so just recently, CDA sent a survey to the members to understand their reactions. Among the more more than 500 responses, Forty-two percent indicate that they are going to find it necessary to likely find it necessary to terminate their contracts with Delta. Mm. Another thirty-nine surveyed said they had not yet made any decisions. That's a lot of people. Forty-two percent just by itself is a lot of people that are going to be leaving the network.
1: Yeah, and I know there's been so so long. It's been this whole when's something going to change regarding Delta, you know, because into this this monolith that it is, and is this kind of the first domino in that? I'll be real curious to see.
0: Me too. And the unfortunate part, though, is that that's a lot of providers that might leave the network. And the unfortunate part is that, you know, now these offices that only refer to people who take their insurance, because that's a relationship that a lot of offices have. You true. Know. Can I send my Delta Dental people to you? Yes, we have an arrangement. Now they have to have the conversation of, okay, I don't know if they take your insurance, but you're going to have to check there's that, which honestly, in the big scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. Just be prepared.
1: As the insurance guru that you are, (laughs) do those 42% that were surveyed, do they now have to come up with some kind of a twist in their marketing or a twist in their patient reach out if they make this decision?
0: Well, it depends on the specialty. Yeah. In general, and then we can go into the details in a little bit. In general, the biggest referrer should be the dentist, the other dentist, right? The outreach has to be letting them know what this means financially. And are they going to do anything extra, like allow, you know, use of third party, like uh, care credit, are they going to yep. use more care credit? You know, will they offer any extra services, like maybe they won't charge for I know one office in here, because they went out of network, they actually don't charge the patients from this one particular office, they don't charge them from the Pano or not the Pano the CB, CT that they take on them, because it's already a sunk cost, right? It's, it's not going to cost them anything to do it, really. It's already, they're paying for it anyways. So could they package something like that up? So they're, but they are going to have to get on the phone, talk to the doctor, talk to the office manager, and have them understand this, and then hopefully give them some verbal skills on how to talk to the patient about it. Now, every specialist is different. If you're an oral surgeon, a lot of times you market directly to the public. If you're a pediatric, right. you market directly to the public. If right. you're you know, orthodontist. a lot of them go directly to the public. Will that have to change? Sure, sure. So are they going to use maybe more payment plans? I, I think some are going to think that way, but I'm going to encourage you not to send it to a third party. Don't take on the debt. So are you part of any network? Is that something that you go, oh, I have to choose another doctor? They're not on my list.
1: Well, it's interesting because now that uh, I'm kind of Self-employed and so is Dana. Uh, you know, we we have our own insurance that we got through the marketplace. It was important whenever we chose that insurance that our current dental provider and Dana's doctors were on there. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a big factor in us choosing which insurance plan that we went with. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Consumer behavior. I mean, I think that's normal across the board, and yeah. I think that offices are realizing that that our patients are consumers and they make decisions based on different criteria than before. So it's different.
1: I'll also say this is that if our dental, or at least in my case, if if our dental practice was not covered by this insurance, I still would be going there because of the relationships that I've built there. Now, okay, I may have a different patient perspective than a lot of people, but the relationship that I have with my hygienist there uh, and some of the things that we're doing to make sure that my oral health stays on top of the game. It's worth it to me to keep that relationship going rather than start from scratch.
0: You should take off your mask at the front, lean over the counter and say, Hey, give me that Delta <sighs> dental fee schedule.
1: Hey. <laughs> it's like really... You've
0: got it in your computer. Just attach it to my account.
1: So if I take <laughs> off the mask, I breathe really hard, whatever I say that.
0: That's the thing. That's a threat. It's like holding a gun. <laughs> now, you know, you're threatening to breathe on them. And and if you had perio, it would be even more compelling.
1: But I know you don't. Did you see tuna, sir? No, it's just, you
0: know. <laughs> no, but I can if I get that fee schedule.
1: <sighs>
0: <laughs> Got any more of that quest <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. So, yeah, specialists are going to have to do something different. All right. There you go. Wow, this is, again, people are rolling their eyes with us, So. We hope you're laughing with us and not at us, although <laughs> it's probably the latter. Okay. Let me go back to the the second part of the war on specialists. And again, it's Delta Dental. Like, what's going on, Delta wow. Dental? So this just came out in the ADA news. And of course, by the time you guys listen to it, it may be a week or two old. Basically, anesthesiologists are left behind. Did you know that? I did not. They perceive themselves to be disrespected by Delta Dental. So Delta Dental will not recognize them as a specialty. Interesting. Which means they are being reimbursed at regular general dental prices, which when you're a specialist, that's not cool. And another aspect of this is routinely... If Delta reimburses for general anesthesia, it's usually only for a limited amount of time. Well, when you're an anesthesiologist working on big cases, you are sometimes having that patient under for two, you know, three hours, however long, but it's usually more than an hour if we're doing a lot of work. So that's a limitation there. And they will not recognize it as a specialty. They don't respond to questions about it. And it's not right. It feels a little wrong. It does right? It's a recognized specialty. Albeit, it's a newer recognized specialty, I think. Let me see here. 2019 is when they recognized anesthesiology as a dental specialty. So yeah, so it's a baby specialty, but but they deserve to be credentialed. Absolutely. Here's the thing. It's good for the patients because if you're getting paid at the lower price, then that's good for them, but it's not right for the specialists.
1: Not at all. And if it's already recognized, it doesn't matter, at least in my book, if it's in its infancy or not, it's still recognized. Right. So that doesn't make any sense.
0: So Dr. Jesse Manton, he is an assistant professor at the University of Pacific Dagoni School of Dentistry, he is saying that uh, Delta California doesn't seem to realize that his field has actually had specialty recognition. I'm going to read from the article here. Our manager of the billing department at our university told me that his efforts to register me with them as a specialist were met with being told. That I would have to register as a general dentist, Dr. Manton said. Upon cold calling their provider concierge service via telephone, I spoke with the rep who told me the same thing. I requested to be escalated to a supervisor who called me back the following day. I emphasized that registering as a general dentist is unacceptable as this is unethical, false, misleading. Registering as anything other than a dental anesthesiologist would be inaccurate. So he basically was saying that just didn't work either. Delta Dental is uh, not not moving forward with this. It's really, it's very interesting. And also a doctor in Pennsylvania has had the same issues with his Delta. So it's not just Delta of California. And several months have passed since the ADA first reached out to Delta of California. Delta Dental has declined to comment. Hmm. Lots of stuff going on with these specialist poor guys and ladies.
1: Absolutely. And again, a lot happening in uh, that uh, beautiful uh, state of California, it sounds like as well.
0: I know. My goodness. So we have to keep up on that case. Wow, we got a lot of stuff to keep up on. So Dr. B, making sure everything's cool with with that opening. Congratulations. Big shout out to them because it's what a long, hard road it's been for them. Holy cow.
1: Absolutely, and and again, you know, it's it's good to see that revitalization happening. It's good to see people saying, "No, we're gonna we're gonna rebuild because it's what our patients need." Mm-hmm. And that's always awesome to see patient care come
0: first. Then we'll keep up with the specialists, and uh, they might be riding into battle like Braveheart, like Freedom, like Credential Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pull the <a> sword. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> my goodness. I suspect that's going to hit the anesthesiologist. At some point, that's going to hit a lawsuit. I don't know if it's restriction of trade. I don't think it's that, but there's some sort of restriction legally that popped into my head. And of course, now I can't remember yeah. what it is. So,
1: yeah, this isn't the last uh, step in that battle, though. You know that.
0: Well, it shouldn't be because if they don't fight it, that sets a precedent for any new specialists, specialties that get recognized. Do you ever think teledentistry is going to be recognized as a specialty?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: Yeah, I just kind of thought of that, like what could be the new specialties? And I know teledentistry is kind of working its way through and and it is making a bigger impact than it seems. Just talking to other people recently, I, I know you and I are kind of like, what's going on? Is it working? Is it not? Yeah, it is, especially in underserved areas.
1: Well, and I think about how long it took for anesthesiology to become that recognized specialty. Mm-hmm. So, man, if that's the case, we're going to be all holograms by the time the teledentistry gets. Uh,
0: I'm down with that. Oh, no. Holograms is terrible because then you have to actually dress up in your pants, like teledentistry via Zoom or these apps is perfect. If we go hologram, Kevin, we have to put on pants.
1: What are these things you call pants? I don't know <laughs> which you speak.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. A little insight into our lives.
1: And everybody just says stop on the podcast right there.
0: <laughs> My goodness. We'll make this one into a YouTube video.
1: <laughs> All goes. right.
0: Anything else to add to this edition of Chew on This?
1: We chewed on plenty, I think, but uh, some good stuff. And, and and I think as we start to continually come out of the pandemic and we see how things are changing, there's going to be a ton of stuff, I think, that really starts to come out as 2021 rolls out with, with regards to the dill industry and some changes that are coming. We'll stay on top of it. Yeah, yeah
0: I'm excited because like offices reopening, people are going to start getting their mojo back going back outside will be a little bit less fearful. Yeah, hopefully this is the start of a really long, nice recovery. All right, dear listeners, we so appreciate that you take the time to listen to us and laugh with us and laugh at us. It's all good. That's what we're here for. So until the next episode, later.
1: And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew On This. We hope you laughed and learned a little.
0: Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned, and don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics.
1: We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.